Hello and welcome to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I'm Ben. I'm Mandy. And we have a guest with us this week. We have a guest and the guest is actually here, staring at me. It's, we're in the <laughs> same room, which is nice after uh, the last year and a half yeah, of just so, no human interaction. So who the hell are you and what are you doing in our home? Well, I'm Ryan um, and you invited me. Uh, like yeah. suckers. Yeah, it's, in I'm many here, ways it's our fault. I'm here to yeah. drink all your beer, eat all your snacks, record a podcast about the nanny, make you, a horrible mess in the bathroom, and then leave. You brought snacks. We didn't even have snacks. I, I have a third of a thing of goldfish left. Also, not to fuck up your plan, you did make the mess in the bathroom before we started recording. So uh, We woke up and you were here in the bathroom. I come prepared. Yeah. It's like, I wanted to get started. Yeah. Super quick, and then you just kicked me out. Just, how much dairy did you eat last night to prepare for this recording? Two to three cheese quesadillas. Wow. Ryan is keeping um, a cow, like, employed just by himself. <laughs> yeah, I Stra- got my own dairy farm. Yeah. If you want, if it's you, just the one cow, though. If you want the biggest uh, IBS, you go straight to the cow's teeth. Right, is right. the expression right? That's what they say. Yeah. Why, yeah. why, why buy the irritable bowel syndrome when you have the cow for free? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's that's the exact uh, expression. So one of the questions we ask whenever we've had someone on the show, and we've had many, many guests over the years, is uh, what is your history with with the nanny? Because it was obviously it was on in the nineties. Did you watch it? Did you have any exposure to it? Um, uh, for the for because this is an audio podcast. Ryan is someone who was alive in the 90s. Yes, that's probably what I am, mentioned. I am likely the senior guest host today. Yeah. Or guest. Well, you're the only host. guest host that we have. You're the only guest <laughs> that we have I, at all. I, I, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the senior guest that you've yeah. had on the show. So I was aware of the show. Um, it wasn't one I followed on a regular basis. In fact, uh, I, I would catch glimpses of it mm. on TV and... Can't say I was a big, big fan of the show. Uh, at that point in time, I was more interested in like Star Trek and girls and stuff. By girls, do you mean girls generally and not the HBO? Because that's what I thought was the HBO <laughs> show, that, girls. Well, that, that was, that was about years later. Ten years later. Um, I actually co-wrote and developed that show for oh. HBO. So I was thinking about girls the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So, it's kind of always kind of... You know, percolating in the, in the, the little gray yeah. cells. Absolutely. Yeah. Adam Driver was my idea. I made that guy. You made, you, yeah. you seriously you built him from the ground up. Like a Frankenstein. In a, from, in a cave from a box yeah. of scraps. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. All my hard work for nothing. And yeah. then he went to be a Star War right. instead of a Star Trek. Exactly. That's the ultimate I mean, betrayal. He betrayed, betrayed you. He, he, was, he was supposed to be uh, um, Mary, or Meriwether. On Enterprise, he was mm. supposed to be the helmsman. Oh wow! But you know, they 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 didn't want another white guy on the show because they had like twenty of them. So <laughs> I love the tone the tone of the the way that you said that was very ugh. We hit our quota for white guys. Ugh! Why does this keep happening to me? <laughs> Being a white guy, I find that happens to me all the time. Ryan, the la- like the last white guy where they have the cutoff, like no more, and it's like you trying to get into the club. Right, and, you know, it always <laughs> last like, no, three ticks cool. on sports teams as a kid. <laughs> never able to get into the clubs because I'm a white guy. That's and, your, and that and that's I feel your that. stand up special is the the last white guy. The last, the last guy. white guy, and then obviously your you, that is, now does this come before or after the special that you call triggered? <laughs> God. <laughs> Or, huh. or social justice actually, warrior. Actually, it's both of them triggered slash 
the last one. Oh, it's an A side and a B side. Yes. Oh, it's a double album. Nice. Right. Okay, yeah. cool. So, are there any sitcoms of the era? You mentioned like Star Trek, which is not exact. I mean, some of you, I've only watched a bit of the Next Generation, but there's some sitcom I, uh, plot well, shenanigans. It, there was some situations, and there was a little bit of comedy. So, I guess you could call it a sitcom. Yeah. The first uh, episodes but, of any Star Trek that I made you watch were. The episode where where Beverly quits Starfleet to go fuck a candle on a Scottish planet. Awesome. And the DS9 episode where they play baseball. Those are classic. I don't think I've watched are, the DS9 episode. I'm pretty sure we watched the baseball episode. Those are classic. I know no, what we're doing after this. Did I, did I make Twilight jokes the entire time? I have a very strong memory of you absolutely <laughs> doing that. But were there any sitcoms that you were like into? Um, early on, I mean, in the '80s, were like the heyday of sitcoms for yeah. me. You know, mm. Cheers, Mash. Those types of things. The crossover that did Cheers Mash. Right. Yeah. Mash Cheers. Um, that was the second season. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. That was later on in the Cheers episode. Yeah, it's where everyone showed up to what? Drunk Cheers. And and regrettably now, the Cosby show, which... If nothing else, accounts for a certain degree of your sense of fashion. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm wearing big honking sweaters all the time. Is that why you, you're just always sweating? Yeah, constantly. Yeah. Constantly, I, I go through deodorant like nobody's business. Mm. Deodorant, um, that's what I've got to put on this morning. Sorry, continue. <laughs> got it. Uh, but yeah, so by the time the 90s rolled around, sitcoms weren't really kind of my jam anymore. Especially the the multi-camera format. Mm. And and that, that actually, watching the show kind of reminded me. I actually, in that era, uh, late high school, I think just after high school, we, as a big group of of us went to a shooting oh, wow. of a show and I forget I, I don't remember it lasted like one season it was uh, I don't even, I remember that the lead actor was um, Brian somebody he did you ever see Hardcastle and McCormick uh, I know one of, words, one of those words one of those words is Kenny's last name on South Park and Brian Keith I think his name was he okay. was an old actor and, and, and Hardcastle McCormick was an action TV show in the okay. 80s he played an old judge in this he played and his co-worker was a set of spices hot spices that drove a neat car yeah. and together they solved crime alright was one of them also a ghost because I would have watched that Almost, because at that point he was really old. At that point, okay. But so then, so yeah, very so, nearly. So you know, back to the sitcom, and and I actually got to kind of see the sausage being mm -hmm. made, yeah. and and how it's like, okay, they got the the guy there to kind of prep everybody, but that guy was there the whole time too. Yeah. And we were like fresh out of high school, so we were dumbass smart Alex the whole time, and he got mad at us. <laughs> so fun fact the nanny is a big reason of like having the sitcom audience being people of like those are or, chosen people yeah like like people they're usually background people at central casting mm -hmm. and they get vetted and you said because originally i thought that's how they did it from the beginning but you said it's something they started doing like season two season three yeah we had got a comment and i haven't actually done the research to confirm uh somebody said that it was something that they did later because there was some like stuff happening behind the scenes but there was also a bit of the popular understanding is that uh because Fran Drescher had a stalker and so didn't right. want anybody on set uh that could possibly like lead to this like bad person yeah, right um right. so like everyone had to be vetted and that kind of be just became a thing of they were basically all background yeah. actors which is a job I have done. I've done. I've been in the audience for a show as a paid background person. Interesting. Uh, it was not for a good show. No, um, yeah, neither was the one I wanted. No. <laughs> uh, what's one of my favorite things about 
living in LA is being able to go to the taping of something like, you know, The Late Late Show or, mm-hmm. you know, if there's a sitcom that's being produced. That's something that I really enjoy doing. I've, I've gotten to do it a few times. Uh, one thing I, that I don't personally have a sense of with The Nanny, because I wasn't here in the 90s, I was in the UK, where I was born and grew up, as if the accent didn't give it away. Um, I thought you were Australian. Th- will people stop saying that? It's <laughs> really upsetting. People hear my voice and they think I'm Australian. People see me and they think I'm Seth Rogen's kid brother. I'm, I'm fed up of it. No, we got The Nanny on... I'm pretty confident it aired on Sky One in the UK, but whenever I look it up on Wikipedia, it has a different channel, which I don't remember ever airing on. It was like Channel 4 or something. I don't remember ever being on Channel 4. But I have no sense of like whether The Nanny was a big deal in the US, and I don't think... Mandy, you would have a sense of that because you were baby at the time. Yeah, I was I was a year old when it aired. Yeah. Um, and so I watched it on like syndication a decade afterwards. Like Nick at night and so on. Not even Nick at night because I didn't have cable. It was oh, just wow. like the like th- the things that they would air at four p.m. Yeah. It was this and Married with Children. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a pairing. <laughs> that's yeah. Sh- married with Children is another show that I watched on Sky One because they would show it weeknights just. Wow, I, w- I wouldn't yeah. think they would allow that in, in England. It was, we got, it Britain. was, my memory of Sky One, because I've talked about the BBC Two lineup before, but Sky One it would be, on a weeknight, Star Trek The Next Generation, somewhere in there was like an episode of, there'd be MASH in there, there would be Married to Children in there, there would be, they when they stopped airing Married to Children, they would just like air two episodes of The Simpsons. Okay. Um, but that was that was my my I, yeah I think it was like Star Trek and then the slot that became the si- double bill of the Simpsons was like Married to Children and Mash. But you're the first guest. Getting back to my original point, uh, you're the first guest I think that we've had on who was kind of alive and functional mm-hmm. during the '90s. Functional is a strong word. But <laughs> yeah. Um, could hold your own head up. You could, yes. You you had you had near complete control of your faculties. Um, and you probably weren't pissing yourself quite that much, probably not as much as Mandy was at the time. But uh, do you have any kind of sense of like whether the nanny was a quote unquote big deal or not? Because obviously it was airing at the same time as shows like like Frasier and Friends and so on. And those uh, those two shows both ran for a thousand years mm-hmm. and have a gajillion you know viewers worldwide. The nanny, I feel like, didn't quite crack globally. How how was it like? It was perceived po- in the U.S. It was popular. Time. You know, Fran Drescher what became a household name. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I, well, I mean, my very first experience with her was it, seeing her in UHF. She was in UHF. Yeah. Yeah. And Which it, I've never seen. You, I, I know what we're doing after. Um, <laughs> but most of us who saw that movie never put yeah. two and two together because that was in the 80s. And then, yeah. you know, yeah. five, six years later, she's she, got this show. She was also in Spinal Tap as well, right? Was she? she was, yeah. Yeah. Which they do later have a crossover with Spinal Tap. Another thing I have, I haven't seen many things. I've not seen that either. But they do, they do, a, they do an episode that's referencing that, and she plays herself, like she plays her character in Spinal Tap, and, and also and Fran Fine. Interesting. Before she did the show, she was a, a comedian. Yeah, and she had been on uh, the Tonight Show a couple times, I think. So she had some exposure before she got the show, but then the show hit, and yeah, she now she's everywhere. She yeah. was an overnight yeah. sensation, which for was kind a of her years, goal because, yeah. like, they created the show, and like uh, a lot of things when they're talking about it, of she had to, she and her husband at the time were like, we have to create a show for me because if I'm just like casting a show, they're going to cast me as just like. 
the random side character and I'm not going to get a chance to do anything funny. So we have to make a show for me. Yeah. And this was the show that she made. And they did it. Yeah. So yeah. They, they, of... she wrote a bunch of the episodes yeah. as well. So. Well, I mean, and, yeah. and uh, basically really encapsulates that that type of character that she had created for herself yeah. in yeah. in the stand up and everything like that too. Yeah. So you had that happen a couple times, you know, Tim Allen did home improvement and that was basically his stand up shtick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roseanne the same thing, right? Roseanne, a lot exactly, of Roseanne's yeah. the show was based on stuff that she'd done in her stand up set. Right. And so that was a pretty popular genre of comedian mm-hmm. graduating to T V star with a show created for them. Yeah. As a vehicle. King of Queens as well, I think, kind of the same thing a little bit. A little bit. Um, what's the guy's name? Kevin James. Kevin James. I was going to say Rick James. Paul Blart. <laughs> Paul Blart. Paul Blart. Paul Blart. Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't recall him being a, like a big comedian at the time, mm. but you know, that same thing where a show is created around somebody as a yeah. vehicle yeah. for them. Um, and, and it's great to see that he's just parlayed that into a rocket of a, of a career. I mean, he's a bunch of bangers, bunch of very successful, critically acclaimed movies that have uh, almost one after the other, like Dominoes Falling, have just continued to uh, hammer home his importance in the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, and I, I, I'm still to this day sadly disappointed that he lost out to Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. I, I think he, he really could have brought something unique to that character. Yeah, imagine imagine Marvel as we yeah. know it today with Paul Bart Malkop. <laughs> Paul Bart. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Blart. Paul Bart. Paul, yeah. Um, Bart, well, Bart, 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 Bart. Yeah. Um, so my... we listen to our Kevin James podcast. Uh, <laughs> I do have another question for you because you are a person who's not super familiar with the nanny, so I feel like you would not, you wouldn't know this separately, and if you do, let me know. But, um, so you have watched the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the actor who plays Niles and yes. the act- actor who plays Maxwell. Which one is actually British? Uh, the guy who plays Niles, I think, because as I've heard previously on this show and have experience with, he was on Star Trek The Next Generation and played Moriarty. He did. He's from Arkansas. What? <laughs> the fuck out of here. Um, and Maxwell <laughs> is a, we looked this up last time because we also had a guest, but he's a lord. Uh, oh Maxwell? yeah, he's like a, uh, like a, a baron or something. Baron, he's yeah. a baron. Wow. Yeah, he's actually, yeah, a, Ch- a Charles Shaughnessy? Yeah, Charles. Charles, Charles Shaughnessy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's the the people constantly assume Niles is the genuinely English person because his accent is what people expect an English accent to sound like, and it's to Especially the point from above. Pe- people yeah. used to say, "Like, oh, the actor who plays Maxwell should get tips from Niles on how to do it," and be like, "No, he's actually English and is talking with his regular accent." Well, but still, he totally could take take tips. Yeah, from the guy who plays Niles. People are always telling me how to improve my English accent. They say things like, you know, you'd probably have a better shot of it if you weren't Australian. You've got to kind of temper that down a little bit. You need to watch more Flight of the Concourse Uh, to really nail that. Yeah, that's really really where where I need to be and I'm not there yet. Enough of this bollock. Shall we talk about the actual episode? Yes. Let's do that. Let's do. So this episode, which what episode are we watching? It's season one, episode 10. Which is The Nanny-in-Law. And it's also, I already looked this up so we don't have to do it, but it's also, episode 10 on HBO Max. It is another Daily Double. Remarkable. Uh, You're playing so, the music, aren't you? Though there's music's the going to go in. It's playing right <laughs> now. Do you want to play it again? Let's hear it again. There, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's neat. Okay, cool. It's, you know, we have to... We where, have, do you, where do you keep that button? That's... Uh, it's just a little thing, a little little button under the Like, the, like, the a, like, a, like at a tiki bar. 
Yeah, it is actually right next to the panic button, which is the one that calls the cops. So, it's a funny story. (laughs) One time during... Actually, you know, I'll tell it when we're off mic. Anyway, let's talk about Season 1, Episode 10, The Nanny-in-Law. Would you like to kick us off? No. Okay. I can't remember how this one starts. Well, the episode starts with everyone getting ready for Maxwell's nannies coming. I'm so excited we're going to get to meet Mr. Sheffield's nanny. Yeah, this episode just, there's no, like, cold, I mean, it's a cold open, but there's no, like, irrelevant bullshit nonsense scene at the beginning. They just jump straight into, this is what the episode is. It's a long open Mm. until they get, like, because they fully, like, I just expected that they were going to be, like, talking about it and then they would do the opening and then the nanny would show up yeah but no yeah uh she gets introduced and everything in there and has some opinions she's there straight away she's judging everyone for everything the nanny uh, the, the 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 german nanny she is a german woman i cannot remember this actress's name cloris leachman yes cloris leachman uh, I know her from Malcolm in the Middle because she plays the the grandmother. I'm absolutely certain because this predates Malcolm in the Middle. Absolutely certain that you two p- both probably know her from something else, right? Uh, yeah. Go on filming. Because uh, uh, because I am a professional podcast guest, mm. I did take notes and you I did. have notes here. And then, so you wa- you watched it before us yes, to I get did. prepared. You took notes. You watched it multiple times. Yes, I did. And then you came <laughs> over here like, well, now we're gonna watch it together. And then you saw it's neither of us took any notes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys are also professional podcast hosts. Yeah. So I mean, I figured you knew your shit. Now that I'm seeing the sausage being made here. No, that's not. We have we have we have very, a, very a, loose, a yeti mic on a stack of Dungeons and Dragons books with a piece of foam behind it. This is the... oh come on! This is a professional studio. We are surrounded by professional technicians. There's Teddy over there who will not stop bringing me water. I'm pressing the daily double button and not the panic button right now. <laughs> As I have written here in my notes, Cloris Leachman is a goddamn mm. national treasure. Yes, fill me um, in. Please. Uh, well, Young Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. Frau Blucher. Yes. From Young Frankenstein. Oh, my God. How did I not put that? It's, it, it's been, like, 15 years since I last saw yeah, Young Yeah, like, she's one, she's one of those, like, I probably, like, Malcolm, that was probably the first thing that I saw her mm. in. But I, you know, I was like, oh, this is a person that I know from just everything. Almost... It's like yeah. she was yeah. in, like, at least three to four Mel Brooks movies. Oh, wow. High Anxiety, um... Okay, I can only name two at the moment. <laughs> but I know she was in more than, more than just those yeah. two. But yeah, she you know has been acting since the '60s and '70s, mm. and doing a lot of sitcoms in the '80s and '90s, yeah. and apparently the '2000s now. Because yeah. I never actually knew she was in Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, but um, she is really channel- channeling that Frau Blucher character, mm. yeah. and because she she plays Nanny Mueller. A yes. German nanny. And she's going heavy on that accent. She comes in and she has like all these like braids and like victory victor rolls and braids just like up in her hair, which does also fit in a bit of, because the inspiration of the show is uh, the sound, sound of, music. of music. The sound of mm. music. So this is also be like, oh, this would be the proper sound of music. And this would be what that is supposed to be. Yeah. Right. So she, and she shows up and she's immediately critical of everything the kids aren't uh, aren't curtsying correctly which and... uh maxwell was also kind of worried about was like yeah. giving them like pointers before like everything has to be perfect yeah. and at, at that point you know because uh, you know the the girls practice their curtsies the dad corrects them 
And then the son makes a snide comment. I'm getting the feeling he's done that before. (laughs) And at that point is, I've written in my notes here, I hate the boy. (laughs) Hates. H capital H-A-T-E. Hate. They do do give him a lot of smart alecky lines. He delivers them completely, mostly deadpan. Yeah. Which is wild. Which is weird to me. Because I've been praising his performance throughout most of the show at this point. Because I think that of the kids, he's the one who I think... I think he's given more funny things to say. I think there's definitely an imbalance on the like joke joke rather than Mm -hmm. uh, Gracie's in therapy joke. Or a Maggie likes a boy joke. Did I get those right around this time? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, but you keep you keep having a Jimmy Sonic the Hedgehog Marsden kissing a small child. Yeah, but like Brighton's performance, like he he has the chops of someone much older. Like he doesn't, he's not acting like a child actor or like mm-hmm, a, an right. actor playing a child. And I think for this episode, I think it feels like he's definitely toned that down a lot. Yeah. Like he feels like it's a much smaller performance. And there is a, like, there's a lot of hints throughout this of, because uh, Nanny Mueller being Maxwell's nanny, you learn a bit more about like Maxwell's childhood. Maxwell is very uppity and like stern, kind of withdrawn. And then Brighton is more of like the jokester kid. And we get some hints like uh, Nanny Mueller references that Maxwell as a kid used to be a lot like Brighton. And then they sent him away. And then he yeah. became the uptight, anxious person that we are seeing now, which like then just makes me like, oh, you used to have joy in your heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then and then they stripped that from him at, <laughs> at boarding school where he became the man he is today. Yes. They took a black and decker sander and they just shaved off those fun edges until he, until he was just around. But I mean, perfect. also fair, because to your point, Brighton does tend to be annoying. <laughs> Brighton needs to shut the fuck up sometimes, and yeah, this episode I, leans more on that than anything else. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just... He seemed to be there just for snide comments, and yeah. I know that, the, that throughout the show there's more children-centric episodes mm-hmm. that probably showcase their acting abilities a little bit more but for this the kids don't get this episode the kids don't get a lot of they don't get a lot it reminds stuff. me of the bit i know that uh the actress who played gracie has mentioned that she didn't like this like the show because she had said that they treated her like furniture basically because she was she was so young that they would basically just like shuffle her around and there are a lot of moments where i'd see that of like Oh, that's just a small child that mm-hmm. you're just kind of shoving everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that, that actually happens in this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. The kids kind of, they do melt into the background because the episode is about the conflict, really, between uh, Fran and this older professional nanny. Uh, the next scene that we have is in the kitchen. We've got Fran working on Gracie's hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, before that, because she comes out, there's like an actual, like, uh, oh meal! Yeah. Oh yeah! Having. Oh yeah! There's a and, meal, uh, right? D- dinner. Yeah. Right. And Nanny Mueller is interrogating Fran about like, wh- what agency did you come from? Where is this? And like, oh, they give the whole story. Like, oh, it got me on the street. We did a whole the whole opening title sequence. Explained this already. <laughs> well, that actually happened. <laughs> did it happen before she showed up or after? Because I don't think she saw that whole sequence. I don't oh. think she got to watch I think no 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 she did get to watch it because this I think is immediately after the opening title. Right, right, okay. So she yeah. must have <laughs> seen it. Yeah, she just ignored she just it. She just paid no attention to yeah. it. Yeah. And just... Flagrant disregard. Well it wasn't in German. So oh, she couldn't really right, follow right, right, along. Right, right, Sometimes right. with music, if it's not in your native language it's harder to follow than like a natural converse. But the main the main takeaway here is obviously that Maxwell and Fran 
have a pretty woman thing. Uh, that's it's it, it's very much it's the implication. No one ever provides any further context, but like as far as as far as the the the, the visiting nanny is concerned, Fran was a sex worker, and no one ever corrects or uh, makes any adjustment to that not perception. Only, not only that, Fran says he picked her off the street, and then Maxwell cor- kind of interjects and says, "Well, it wasn't like that." I tested her out for the weekend. Yeah. And then everyone at the table, the the two adults and the kids, are all giving each other the side eye. While the yeah. while Nanny Mueller is just like, What? Yeah, because they didn't they didn't see the delightful episode where that also featured James Marsden. James Marsden was in the pilot. I heard that on this very <laughs> show. Yes. I was not I aware of never- that. Shut up about it. He's in two full episodes, and then he leaves to begin his decade-long training to play Cyclops in the X-Men movies. Which is still underrated. Yes. Uh, this is also about when... Uh, so, N- Niles and Annie Mueller mm. uh, get... They talk about some stuff. Of they, ha- they have a history. They do have a history. Apparently. Mm-hmm. And that is a sexual history. They, they straight up... Stop macking it in the middle of the... Yeah. In the middle of the hallway. The butler's son. A callow youth. Just beginning in service. And you, the experienced older woman. Oh, ha, ha, ha. I was all of 22. <laughs> okay, 32. And Niles calls Nanny Mueller by her first name, Clara, which I imagine here's when you'll insert a Doctor Who reference. I'm not going to put a Doctor Who reference. There'll be no Doctor Who audio. Clara, 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 Clara. Clara, 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 Clara. Niles and uh, Nanny Mueller are doing a smooching. They do some mouth action. Yeah. There is... That's mouth action, apparently. There there is a sweet embrace between the two of them in front of the window, and it is, you know, the the typical sitcom wooing from the audience at that point. Woo! Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the sitcom audience, I want to say, is as much a character in this episode as the characters are because they definitely when the door opens and the visiting nanny steps in and it is who it is the audience is like oh shit it's Clara Sleachman oh my god and and again having been through sitcoms audience experience yeah, yeah they tell you to do that yeah. Yeah. it's like okay when the door opens just go wild for the guest actor because yeah. we need to make them feel useful yes. and happy and good I mean that's even like been a confusion we've like done or like other episodes of like because it's an older show and there's some uh like guest stars and they're like they'll clap for but like this is a person that hasn't done anything since and I have no idea who you are but like we've had like <laughs> are they clapping because it was a funny joke or because it was a guest yeah. right and and again the, for me it seems like sitcoms have moved on from this period yeah but then I thought back I'm like well no they've got like Big Bang Theory Big Bang Theory did all this all the time yeah. you know it's they had the big special guest stars and their their audiences did the same thing of, oh yeah. my god, it's Mark Hamill! Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. Kind, it's kind of like depends on like, it's what I associate with like, CBS is still doing this. It's yeah. like, like if a CBS mm-hmm. or I mean now at this point like Paramount Plus, like they have a sitcom, I know that it's going to be a multi-cam laugh, like either a laugh track or an actual studio audience right. thing. And I it's love, still going I love to be the there. format though. Like I still love a studio studio audience four camera four five camera setup sitcom and i know that there are people who feel like that the, this format is antiquated i think that there are definitely flavors of it that i think they haven't necessarily aged well i think that the whoa holy shit it's katie sackoff kind of approach to sitcoms 
uh, doesn't necessarily that that there's an artifice there mm-hmm. where the show's kind of like telling you what it is in a way that I don't like. But everything else about the the sitcom format, like the UK, we still make studio audience sitcoms. One of the most recent ones that I watched was Upstart Crow, which is the Ben Elton thing about the life of William Shakespeare, where David Mitchell plays right. plays Shakespeare, which was a lot of fun. Um, most of the time. And, you know, we still do st- studio audience sitcoms like Derek Jacobi and Ian McKellen were in Vicious a couple of years ago, which was about two, two old gay actors living in an apartment together. You know, as a format, I don't think it's... People t- we people talk about, oh, well, we, it's a post-the-office world and we, it should be single, you know, single camera, See, no laugh like, track. I feel like everything has to go to, like, the office format now where it's like, oh, we want to do it like a mockumentary style. And I don't, like, that is also dated and weird now yeah. when, like, things try to do that. Right, um, and, and that, and, and you have to pick your format at that point. It's like, yeah. the story you're trying to tell, does it lend itself to that idea or does it lend itself to audience reaction and... That sort of thing. Yeah. Not every project can fit in one hole nowadays, especially now. I mean, in, in today's world where you don't know if your show is going to be picked up by a TV network or it's going to be picked up by a streaming service. Yeah. You know? So I I do kind of feel like that kind of multi-camera setup, videotape look is kind of played out a little bit. But then again, I'm not the target audience yeah. for that. I don't get taken out of it with this show as much because it was something that I grew up with. Like, I had previous familiarity with it. I can't watch a show that I have, like, no familiarity with mm-hmm. and be like, oh, here's this old sitcom. I can't really watch it because the multicam, like, kind of takes me out of it. And I don't have the, I don't have the nostalgia to put me mm. back in. But it was the thing that it reminded me of is watching WandaVision where that kind of like, that very much encapsulated like, oh, the yeah. differences in sitcoms yeah, WandaVision from did decade to decade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And something that I've been really interested in when they got to like, okay, well now they're in like the modern day, what kind of sitcom are they doing? Because there's so many different things. Like, oh, you're going to do that mock music. You're going to do The Office, Parks and Rec, like that You're going to do, like, they they did, like, the Malcolm in the Middle type one, and then they did, like, the Modern Family. Yes. Which was great. And, you know, the the one episode they did that was basically Family Ties. Yeah. And they pulled that one off pretty well, I thought. But, again, the whole videotape era... Yeah. Since we're now mostly working on digital. Anytime I see something like The Nanny, it, it's a throwback to that, wow, most of these were really bad. And when you look at them nowadays, it's anytime you think of someone making fun of a sitcom, this is kind of exactly yeah. what they're yeah. talking about. And it's like, it's almost to the point with it where because it's in that format and we've already kind of like established in our minds of like, this is... This is the old thing. This is like the old, the old bad stuff. We associate so much with old bad stuff that even if it's kind of decent because it's in that format, it's hard to process it as anything. But it's like, but you're doing the laugh thing and I hate it. So this right. is bad. And there's also the difference between the live audience and then the shows with the canned laughter. Like How I Met Your Mother is a, is, a, is a good example of a show with a canned, it is canned laughter. Then they don't shoot that or they did not shoot that. And I think I think that show would have benefited from a live audience. To be honest, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, I think that the way that they shot that show, uh, because they did a lot of flashback stuff and a lot of time jump stuff, I think made it difficult technically Mm -hmm. for them to do it. But I think that's a show that would have benefited from it. And to your point about video, like there are a lot of sitcoms that were not shot on video that were shot on film, like Cheers, Frasier, Mm -hmm. Friends. 
uh, is another example. We just watched the, the Friends reunion on HBO earlier Which, today. Which, I mean, to the point of talking about, like, a live audience, they were talking about on there of, like, the whole Monica Chandler relationship. They weren't going to do anything with that. But the audience gave such a loud reaction that they were like, oh, we have something here. Mm-hmm. So the entire, like, latter half of their series was kind of formed around, hey, the audience likes it when we do this. Yeah. Right. Anyway, we're in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> and Fran is doing uh, Gracie's hair and Maggie and Brighton are playing checkers. Or trying they, to play checkers. Yeah, they don't have any of the pieces. And if anything, this is a good uh, showing of Fran is like, the what makes her a good nanny? Yeah. Of her just like, Maggie and Brighton are fighting because Brighton lost checker pieces and Fran immediately solves it. <laughs> shut up. You shut up. Shut up. Brighton, you always shut up. up. Here, use the cookies. That way you can eat your winnings. <laughs> just use the Oreos. Yeah. Just you have a plate of cookies I'll put them in half so you have like uh, black pieces and white pieces. Like it's fine. Stop fighting. Yeah, this this scene does a really good job of showing Fran's good with the kids. Like she's not a professional, but she has a system that works. She's she's got a good rapport with the kids. She's good at problem solving. Her style of nannying works. Yeah. And then ye oldie nanny comes down the <laughs> stairs and says everything is unacceptable and then just murders everyone in the kitchen. There's blood on the floor, there's blood on the walls, blood on the ceiling, blood on Emotion, the kitchen counter. Emotional blood. Emotion, yes, sorry. Right. Sorry, sorry, I must have been thinking <laughs> about something else. But yeah, it's immediately criticizing them. Like, why are they eating snacks? Why are they playing with their food? All Get off the counter, yeah. all of it. Don't do your hair in the kitchen. Why is this child wearing makeup? That sort of thing. I've definitely had that situation of being around people where it's like, oh, we have a set way of doing things. Like, but everyone's being quiet and like enjoying themselves and yeah, nobody knows being hurt. What was the problem? Yeah, the situation that was there before has now been solved. Everyone's having a good time. And end of episode. Right. But beca- but because a couple of staunch old school rules were being broken, this this nanny feels she needs to whip everybody into shape. Yeah. The the family is not operating to her meticulous professional standards. I would say meticulous German standards because she's German. <laughs> what does her nationality have to have to bring in? Germans this? are strict. They are by the book and they get shit done. And Cloris Leachman is definitely playing into that stereotype. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, we, we, we almost passed by the part where uh, Brighton is making fun of her. Oh, yeah. And then yes. she, they do the thing where she comes into the room and they almost do the... the she's, she's behind, right behind me, me isn't yeah. she? But, but Fran just stops that right in the yeah. middle of it. And, and I'm, Part of me is sad they didn't do that. Part of me is happy they didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's the kind of thing you expect... From a sick, like even Red Dwarf got to that joke in season eight when they're in prison, <laughs> and you got Rimmer talking about the wait. What year would season eight be? Season eight was ninety nine. Because to that, like, if they had done this in this one, because this would have aired in ninety four. Ninety four, like yeah, this would have been an early ninety four. Would have yeah. this been an early joke or a late joke? It's all joke. <laughs> you know, it, it is an old joke. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's the one that still plays joke. today. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's engraved on the side of Tutankhamun's tomb. It says, it says Ra, st- Ra, what a shitty god. Oh no, they're right behind me, aren't they? 
Anyway, so we cut to... Um, the office? Maybe? Yes. It's yes. the office. Uh, Maxwell and Cece. Um, Cece is talking with her mom, Bibi. And we also learned that she has a sister named Dee Dee. So that's a little... Ha <laughs> ha! Al- alphabet joke. Everyone loves uh, a good alphabet no, actually, joke. to be quite honest, I did enjoy <laughs> this. Very, it was a good hit. It was it, the... It re- just, boom. The reveal good. as well is what sold it. Hello. Yeah, just a moment. Cece? Is it my mother, Bibi? Sister. <laughs> and, yeah, and the cadence of the joke is actually yeah. what really hit it is yeah. like boom, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. But we get a little nod and uh, something will come up later of her mom is going to Asia, which they use a more racist term for that I am not going to say here, mm. but you can probably guess it. That's a surprise tool that can help us later. But uh, Fran comes in and is complaining to Maxwell about like, your nanny is causing problems. Get that old bitch out of this house. And he's like, no, she raised me. And there's She's a whole fine. bit of uh, like, Cece is talking about her nanny because uh, Nanny Mueller reminds her of her old nanny. And Fran asks, like, All right, were all you blue bloods raised by nannies? What were your parents doing? I don't have really no idea. know. <laughs> and they have, they have no idea, which is like, Oh, yeah, this is why Maxwell is an absent father throughout this yeah. entire series. Continuing the cycle. Yeah, it's, it's just it just goes back to a whole thing of... Everyone rich is horrible, and it just trickles down the line because your yeah. parents were horrible, their parents were horrible, and their parents were horrible. Yeah, trickle down just, shit, barren thing. Yeah, um, there was a there was a like a, someone on Twitter made the comment. Uh, this is a show that very much could have been of like, oh, they learned from Fran, and Fran learned from them, but no, because Fran was already perfect and didn't need to learn shit. <laughs> <laughs> She did learn that actually therapy might be okay. She did learn about therapy. She did learn about therapy. She still made some shitty jokes about therapy, but she learned a thing. She's gonna learn yeah. a thing. I want to go back real quick because in this scene also is an affront to my sensibilities. Fran does not know who Winnie the Pooh is. <laughs> That's wild to me that anyone could get through life in the 90s. How can you exist in the 90s with no understanding of who Winnie yeah, the Pooh is. Yeah, it does kind of seem like of the things to get because I feel like she would still know it because she would know it through the Disney thing. Right. And I feel like you could pick a different kind of like 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 Peter Rabbit or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Peter Rabbit would have been a great great example. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Of uh, like something of like, oh yeah, this is the childhood tale but it's not in like popular media. So Well, like, it is now because yeah. they're making a sequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, this is also, like, this show, like I said, Ed, in early 94, this is around the time that, it might have been a couple of years earlier, but this is around the time where, I'm going to say Red Dwarf again, did the joke about that the, the Waxworld planet and Winnie the Pooh being uh, executed mm-hmm. and refusing the blindfold and all of that. Like, it's that era, this is the era we're yeah, in. Yeah, like, this is a definite reference to make, like, the time to make a reference to Winnie the Pooh, because everyone knows about yeah, it. Yeah, but he was kind of, of making a resurgence at that point, But to because be of that, it's weird that Fran wouldn't know about it. Like, yeah. Actually, the rabbit that I was thinking of was the Velveteen Rabbit, because you could make a very similar joke of, like, mm-hmm, that definitely. is a story if you don't know the story. And like, I don't know. Oh, and the rabbit gets, like, ripped to pieces. That's horrifying, and be like, well, it's just a very sad, touching story. 
or like the giving tree or something like that. But I get in the sense of like, they wanted the joke of Fran doesn't get this recognizable children's media thing. It's too recognizable. It's too It's ubiquitous. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the, the real, the part about it that it really sets it, sends it home for me. And I didn't actually get this until the third rewatch <laughs> was in the, in a later scene, she references Huey, Dewey and Louie. In the wrong order. <laughs> So she obviously knows Disney. Yeah. yeah. She obviously knows Disney characters. How yeah. the hell does she not know? You know what? Film? You're going to go home. You're going to watch this episode a fourth time. And you're going to catch another. <laughs> d- That's the thing. That's the thing I love about this show. Is every time you rewatch it, you catch more little details that you didn't catch last time. It's, layers it's upon layers upon layers. And Fran understanding and yet not understanding Disney things. You can't yes. spell parfait without Fran if you change some of the letters. So... At what point are we distressed by the fact that Niles and uh, the visiting nanny are just dicks out, fucking banging on every flat surface they can find in the house? I was just like, go, old people. Go. <laughs> do it. Anywhere. Right. Kick the kids out. Do it on the kitchen table. Pay some go. Money, go see a it, soul. Does, it does kind of make me worry only because, and this would be things that come up in later uh, later episodes, but they do kind of do like a flashback to like, and Niles and Maxwell as children. And mm. they're, when they did that, they were only like a few years apart. And like, yeah. how old were you when this initially happened? Well, they, they, they age check her character as 22, wait, no, sorry, 32. So she's a sexual predator. Right. And then she, she said that he was the, the butler's son. Mm. Yeah. So, and he was just kind of starting in his. Which, like, you, you servant, hope which... that that just means, like, okay, you were at least a legal age and just working it's Legal out. in the but UK. They, but then, retroactively, it is bad because, again, they flash back to stuff. And, I mean, they do mention that, uh, like, uh, Niles' dad, in the previous episode, they say Niles' dad was a butler for the mm. Sheffield family. He was disgraced. He had to leave. Also for, sexu- for sexual Ooh. deviance. So this is a family lineage of sexual depravity. That's uh, that's what it said on the the, the byline for uh, uh, literally any rom com starring James Franco. <laughs> um. <Ew. laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I thought better of that joke for a minute. I'm like, wait, no. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that was no. really good. Wait, hang on. Upon further consideration, that's the worst thing that's ever come out of your mouth, and I've watched you throw up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then it's like one of those things, like because Niles's dad worked for the family that mm. means that niles was the butler's son for his entire being a child timeline he's, no, no, he's never known anything other than butling yeah he's kind of just always been butler and butler's mm-hmm. son so i'm gonna just cross the fingers that it will work out of like yeah i'd be a legal good age to consent to chloris leachman sure because otherwise i mean it's a it's a humorous bit i just don't want i don't like that it makes me do math either that or it's a it's a part of the world with some radically fucked up romeo and juliet laws just i mean what deeply... are, what, are, what are the romeo and juliet laws in england benjamin the very fucked up world uh, Romeo and Juliet laws in the UK are if you're going to do a performance of Romeo and Juliet you can't set it in the modern era because Baz Luhrmann kind of beat you to the punch so if you are going to put on a performance of uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet 1930s gangland Chicago is a good setting Fran complains about her uh, nanny problems to some other nannies at a park nanny support group yes, yes. The, the, the NSG which 
they're kind of just on the side of like, yeah, that's how nanny stuff works. Like mm. we all have we all have to wear uniforms. Yeah, we do. We do this. Um, well, she's in a day glow outfit. Yeah. It was a pink coat. I think it's not miles away from what Mandy is wearing right now. <laughs> um, the advice that she gets from those nannies is actually this old nanny trying to swoop in and steal your job and you can't win that fight, so don't even try. So Fran's response to that is she starts wearing a very frumpy uniform. She starts eating her dinner in the kitchen where she's supposed to be. Uh, supposed to be in big, big sarcastic quotation marks. She's like giving, giving the children like little notes. Maggie, shut your mouth. We are not a Pez dispenser. <laughs> Which is a really <laughs> solid line. Yeah, because most of the time it would have you know been the classic word, not a... a foghorn or something yeah. stupid like that but it's it's a it is a it is a fran twist on an established joke. idiot well, yeah yeah well it was it mary poppins said close your mouth you're not a fish or something stupid yeah. like that mm-hmm. and but yeah it, very much pulling from her her vantage point of yeah what has a giant opening in their face a pez dispenser yes yeah um, and Maxwell actually like comes to her and like, why are you doing this? Like you like this isn't what we expect of you. And like, uh, goes to the things that we have seen for the previous uh, nine episodes of the thing that makes Fran good is that she is not a normal nanny. I love that that line that he has that is. Uh, if I wanted a proper nanny, I never would have hired you. Thanks. <laughs> Which is. That's a double-edged sword. That's a double-edged... That's a backhanded compliment that is also a front-handed, like, face-stroke compliment <laughs> at the same time. Um, and then they get interrupted by uh, uh, Niles and Annie Mueller uh, being horny. Fucking on the hall or the landing or whatever. Like, halfway the up the... Halfway up the stairs, just boning down. And so Maxwell and Fran run into the, the, the scrying pantry where they just look at everyone's bullshit. That's where all the best snooping comes. Yeah. There's going to be snooping mm. in the episode. It's yeah, always in that little in that little pantry. This is picking up a ladle. This is great. Um, <laughs> and the old nanny and Niles come down the stairs, help themselves to some pudding, and are incredibly... They are so horny we cut away from it to see Fran and Maxwell's response. So it is very... Listen, she was giving Gracie shit for sitting on the counter earlier. There are other things you should not be doing on the kitchen counter. That's probably why she didn't want the kid up there. Yeah. Oh, you like, yeah, I know what would, juices are on there. I know what... <laughs> my ass has been on that counter. You don't want that. My... I, listen, I'm still very flexible for my age. My legs were up behind my head on that counter. So, not a place for small children. Don't put the kid there. There's... Listen, I'm just going to tell you this now. That is not icing. <laughs> I'm just going to say... <laughs> but again... You're earning that explicit rating. Good good for them. You know, it's like they're rekindling an old old relationship. The oldest of relationships. Yeah. Right. Well, and yeah. and you know, yeah, they're not young, but they're not dead. Let them let them Yeah. And you know, and yeah. like the the other two are in are in the pantry going, Oh my god, I can't believe this. Yeah, like Maxwell's a little like shocked by it because obviously he doesn't want to see like his nanny in that sexual way. Fran is more like, I can use this as dirt. As they do in the next bit. Yes. Tell us about that next bit, Mandy. (laughs) The next bit. What are scenes? It's just bits. It's just the bit to bit. I never call it a scene, which is what it actually should be. But the next scene. Next bit. uh, So it's breakfast again. And Fran is back in her regular, like, Oh, she's doing her thing. Like, 
loud robe, uh, not dressing for breakfast, and Nanny Mueller comments on it, and she's like, not your problem, because there was stuff going bump in the night. And it's kind of like implies, like, hey, I know that you've been fucking and being all, being all dirty. And it, it, it gives us the opportunity to witness the classic Fran Drescher shit-eating grin. Oh, it's so which good she grin. is so good at. She's, oh, it's beautiful. Oh. Oh. Sick to behold. Uh, so Maxwell is going to tell Nanny Mueller to leave. That oh, it's just, he's also cosplaying as the fifth Doctor from Doctor Who in this scene because he's wearing what looks like a, 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 a cricket jumper. He's actually going to play tennis, but it's very much that kind of white woolly jumper mm-hmm. with the, the red and black trim mm-hmm. um my whole the whole time i was rushing it is like that's that's the fifth doctor he's sitting there right now <laughs> if he eats celery i'm gonna fucking lose it brave choice celery but fair play to you not a lot of men can carry off a decorative vegetable how come every single meal no matter breakfast lunch or dinner was they had garnishes of lettuce on their plates lettuce i know is, it's, lettuce is fancy Right, yeah, but seriously, you're having breakfast and you got yeah. you got green lettuce on your plate. Yeah, I also expensive. saw that either like all of them had very like n- like nicely fancily cut halves of grapefruit, and nobody would ever touch the little halves of grapefruit and be like, "Oh, Niall spent so much time cutting all that grapefruit and everyone, and nobody's having any of it." Correction: a set dresser spent a lot of time cutting <laughs> that grapefruit, and the, and the production was like, "Any of you fucking kids." Eat that fucking grapefruit. I will hang you from a hook in a butcher's freezer and you will never be... We can recast... You are children. We can recast you like that. You think we're worried about having to redo the animation and the opening titles? I will pay for that out of pocket if you so much as put your tongue on any of this fucking fruit. <laughs> that would that would explain uh, the stiffness in Brighton's acting in this whole episode. Yeah. Because he was terrified for his life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, I, I looked wrong at the grapefruit. I'm, I'm yeah. Get we killed. don't get as many instances. Like the pilot episode was a lot of fun watching. Like children, like Gracie's actress, like with a with the whole ass but knife, just sawing at everything and having a lot of fun <laughs> with her food. And they don't really do that anymore. She's not allowed to have utensils. So Maxwell is going to confront uh, Nanny Mueller. Uh, like, hey, you have to leave and stop bullying my nanny. But she kind of like eggs him on of like, hey, remember that time that you nearly drowned and I saved you because I'm your nanny? And he chickens out and yes, yeah. Which Fran gets to uh, hand him his testicles on the way out. Yes. Uh, figuratively and literally. It is a weird thing for that this show aired like that. But like, she's just literally holding his testicles in her hand, which is wild. Because how did she get them? He was on the other side of the room. Amazing. Well, he did just kind of leave him there. Yeah, he kind of sat him down. He's just yeah. like, okay, I guess I won't need these anymore. Yeah. Thanks. And then... Thanks. Uh, he leaves... Uh, so Fran then confronts Nanny Mueller directly of like, hey, one, I know what you're doing. I know that you don't... Like, you don't have, like, this, like, high hill that you're standing on thinking that you're so much better because... I know that you've been having sex on our counters. Um, <laughs> well, so I'm like, you leave. And so, and then Nanny Mueller has a whole, like, speech talking about, like, Kids, grow up, go under there. And you go on to another family. And you love them, too. Because you can't help it. And on and on. And till one day, you find yourself with a lifetime of love to give. And 
no one to take it. Oh, Nanny Mueller. And Fran really feels for, for Nanny Mueller in this moment, to the point where when Maxwell plucks up the courage to come back to kick her out, Fran shuts that down. It's like, don't, you can't, don't do that. Talk, 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 you know, you can't talk like that to your nanny. And Fran and Nanny Mueller have this really nice bonding moment. And Nanny Mueller says, oh, does this mean I can stay? And Fran says, fuck the fuck off, you old <laughs> hag. We don't have enough money to pay for Cloris Leachman every episode. <laughs> Get out. So, so Fran, the next episode, Fran's actually found a really neat and tidy solution to this problem. Nanny Mueller's going to go on vacation with Cece's mother. Oh, yeah, because they did. So the part of the or Cece's mom is going to Asia where she would, whenever she goes and travels, she like a gigolo just, which I don't even know. It was just someone, just a con artist. Like someone cons her out it of all the money. It could just be fucking... Who's, Played Deuce Bigelow. What was that guy's name? Well, that, oh. he was a sex worker, so that would be correct. Exactly. But I that's what, that's yeah. what a gigolo is. Yeah, yeah but I'm thinking about prostitute. the actor. What if it is literally just that actor? Whose Rob name Schneider. I can't. Rob Schneider. It's just Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Been rip, ripping off BB. Yeah. He was fairly popular in 94 still, so... Was I he mean, on SNL at any point? He was, yeah. I thought he was one of those yeah. SNL people. Because from the UK, because we didn't get SNL... He was the copier guy. We were just... I have no context for that, because we didn't get <laughs> SNL in the UK. Okay. So my my experience of like all these American stars appearing in movies is, this is just... This is the comedy person that America is foisting on us <laughs> in this movie. Oh, 17 movies in a row of Rob Schneider being turned into things? Fuck yes, I guess we're watching this now. Uh. No, Rob Schneider did not guest on The Nanny. No. Not as far as I know. Not in this episode, at the very least. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, she leaves. Um, she's in very high spirits. She's very excited. She and Cece's mom are going to fuck their way across Japan. And uh, Fran comes downstairs in a sexily re-hemmed... Is yeah, that the word? Yeah, it's like, like re-cut. It's been taken I mean, it's, in. The, the story is that she re-hemmed the previous, like, it the, is the frumpy... It is a party city, be a slutty nanny for Halloween outfit, but she looks real damn good in it. Tease the shit out of her hair, high Side heels. Sidebar, what would a party city sexy Fran Drescher Halloween costume look like? It would look like Fran Drescher. Yeah. <laughs> it I'm, would just be, instead of um, opaque tights, it would be fishnets. That's probably it. It'd be fishnets and then maybe the, like, the turtleneck that they typically put her in because it would be, like, cocktail cocktail dress, opaque tights, turtleneck. It would just be, like, mesh for the undergarments. You could still see everything. That's almost certainly it. That's it. That was... I thought thought that would make for a fun diversion. But no, uh, Nanny Mueller leaves. Fran says she's going to change out of the uniform she's put on. Uh, Maxwell says, well, not so fast. There's uh, the name of a different podcast about the nanny gets said by Fran Fine. And then that's the episode. Yes. And Niles is sleeping because he had sex too much. He he falls asleep holding the door open because he is, I believe the expression is, fuckered out. (laughs) See, that that, that was my confusion a little bit because during the scene where, where they're having breakfast, he's like... Almost laid out, and you know, when Maxwell calls for coffee, he's like, Yes, have some, that'd be, great. that'd be great, thank you. Yes, have some. And it's like, Uh, but no, 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 he's really tired, yeah. and so I didn't quite put yeah. two and two together. It's like, Is he dead, or did she do something to him? She off fucked camera, him to death off yeah. camera while we we're like talking, she drugged to- him to get his job. 
Can't get, can't get. Well, no, I'm thinking like you because it half of it looks like he's sleeping, but the other half looks like he just orgasmed or something. So the camera pans this way, and then Nanny Mueller gives him a foot job or something. Just a quick candy on the way out. I'm wondering if that's maybe something like maybe they wrote it of like giving him a quick handy, but it's like they couldn't get it by. So like, oh, so we're just going to go that he's tired. He's very tired because he's been straight fucking all night. Yeah. And here's the thing. Well, the the key is the musical cue because the the ending just before the end credits is playing Rockabye Baby. Yeah. But I also don't feel like Niles being tired from too much sex. Okay. Good bit. I don't feel like it was properly set up. Like, there was no Niles being like, oh, I'm so tired from boning down all night with Nanny Mueller. Like, there's none of that. And I think the most of it is... Um, we get the, the coffee, the, I think. The like, coffee yeah. bit, and uh, I asked Fran how she was sleeping. I was like, oh, I didn't sleep well, because it was like, I heard yeah. something was, like, bumping all night. Yeah. Yeah, and then the two of them kind of change knowing glances, yeah. and like, but oh, it, fuck, are we made here? But <laughs> it does kind of seem like maybe they were, or maybe the script version was kind of more of like a, like, no, it was a horny implications, and then they just kind of like, in the edit, did a recensoring yeah. of, no, it's just being tired. It could have been notes from the network as well. You have this, this I mean... Can't no, talk about old people having sex, man. You can you can only show it explicitly, but you cannot talk about it or the repercussions of it. But that's that's how the episode ends with even, uh, sleepy horny Niles. Even their bo- like the uh, time when they were in the kitchen and they just like you could perhaps if you're a seven year old watching in syndication a decade later, you maybe just think that they're really into having pudding. Yeah, they just and that the thing the rule the rule that they broke was having pudding late at night because you're not supposed to do that. But that is the episode. Um, let's start with our guest Ryan. Did you like this episode? Um, yeah, I did. Uh, the special guest star gimmick really kind of plays off because you know for the opening scene where she's at and the ending scene where she's at, it's pure Cloris Leachman just hamming it up, mm. having a good time. The middle part where she's interacting with Fran or she's interacting with the kids is a little less freedom for her to kind yeah. of be herself mm-hmm. in the role. But overall, you know, it's a, I think it's kind of a good example of the show yeah. and how, have you guys have said before, there's no like sitcom trope misunderstanding overhearing a conversation and oh no hilarious hijinks. It's conflict and the comedy comes from the conflict. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. I, I I think the writing in this episode was really... I think I enjoyed this episode. I think the writing was strong. The performances were strong. I think it's a shame, given previous episodes, that the kids didn't get much to do. And what they were given to do, they weren't... They didn't really have a lot. It felt like... But I think what it is... Here's my... And this is just me speculating. I think because they didn't have as much to do, maybe the kids didn't, quote, do their homework as much. And so were just kind of saying the lines as opposed to thinking about what their character's motivations are and what have you. Yeah, like they were kind of like, typically uh, Grace's actress is at an age where it's clear even when she gets a funny line that they have fed her the line, she she stated it back, that's it. Um, Whereas like Brighton's actor and definitely Maggie's actress because she's a lot older not a lot older but like noticeably like she's like a teenager they're able to like act and like have thoughts behind the character things and this feels more like they're being fed lines the way that Gracie is yeah Mm -hmm. Um, what did you think did you like the episode I like the episode I don't think like I I don't know whether this is like like a favorite or definitely something Mm. I go back to but it's um, definitely like an enjoyable 
bit. And I feel like Cloris Leachman, as a guest, like, had a lot of fun having, like, here's even, like, a character type that she has portrayed before and got to really go with it. And it's even kind of fun where they let her, like, let her hair down metaphorically of, like, let's just have her do sexy times. Yes, yeah, solid. Which I mean, they could have filled that with just more of her being, you know, an obtrusive bore, you know, just kind of upsetting the apple cart all over the, all over the place. But they kind of gave it this weird, not B plot, but more information about her that we didn't know mm. and her past. And it kind of opens up the character of Niles a little bit in saying, okay, well he is a person with a thoughts and a dick and <laughs> desires and has had relationships before. Yeah. So kind of it kind of it opens his that character up. Dick a bit more. wet at a questionably young age. <laughs> nice. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe uh uh Nanny Mueller, who by the way is named after the yogurt. Um maybe They made a yogurt named Nanny. <laughs> right. Okay, Mo- let's let's just move the fuck on. What's what is uh, what are we talking about next week? Next week, it's Fran's thirtieth birthday, and Sylvia has given her a cemetery plot as a gift. When Fran tries to return it, she meets the gorgeous funeral director Sylvia was slyly trying to get Fran to date, and that is a plot for Nanny. <laughs> It's nice that they they finally have plots for these episodes. Do all the episodes have the name, the word nanny in them? Um, no, not all of them. Okay, because I thought that would be a cool running gag. Like the one with or the gang does this. Yeah. Other episodes. Yeah, no, they're like, uh, are the previous episode or, uh, not the previous episode, but one of the early ones that we recorded was just, it was the Christmas episode and they titled it Christmas episode. Um, But I think that is it. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us, for talking about the nanny. Glad to be here. Coming back to a show that again, I never really watched, um, but always kind of having a back of the mind thing for Fran Drescher. Do you think you'll be coming back to the show perhaps in the way that Nanny Mueller comes back for Niles uh, and watching the show? And, uh, and having pudding, illicit pudding. I might have some illicit pudding. Also, might might uh, wax historic about your sweet, sweet ass. I'm. I have to say, I'm shocked by the end of that sentence. But when you said wax, my brain thought, I really hope Ryan doesn't talk about his penis. <laughs> and you didn't. No. But you went too far the other way. Why would what? Course correcting. Do you have to wax your penis? No, I thought he was going to whack his penis. Oh, that's not good either. I mean, but also that's more that's more of an established I mean, fetish. I mean, he's gonna punch himself in the dick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I thought you mean I was just gonna go in your bathroom again and you know jerk one again. I had to make the Jackson Pollock painting in there. I would argue you didn't have to. Do you have anything? Why was it green? Do you have anything to plug right now? Um, I am not working on any projects right now. I've got tons of ideas and no motivation. So when you cool. when you have uh, motivation, where can people find out about it? Uh, I am on the Twitters at, at Final Jedi. Um, I think that's the same thing for Instagram. I post random stuff, mostly reactions to other people's with yeah. gifts and stuff. Yeah, because that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's a good, it's a good life. Yeah, you don't have to think about you, what, what's going on in your head. You can just react to what is going on Absolutely. in everyone else's. I, I genuinely love that. I envy you 
that because I have to be funny all the time and I need people you just to, have to love me. I need so people to love me. Oh. You shut your entire face. Mandy, where can people find you on social media? Not that you deserve their follows, you bitch. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we haven't recorded. Oh, Benjamin's trying to work up to being able to call me a bitch because I always call everyone a bitch. I love you so much. I don't want to hurt you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, anyway, I'm at Mandy Quesadilla on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I am at Ben Padden on Twitter and Instagram. And I don't have a Facebook page, but I don't use it very much. The Facebook page we do use, however, is the one for Out on Her Fanny. Uh, you can find us by searching for Out on Her Fanny on Facebook. Or are we Facebook.com slash Out on Her Fanny? We're not. For some reason, Facebook won't let me get well, it. So I try, and I've tried to do other things. It's like maybe they just don't want the word Fanny, but it won't let me do anything. What about other social media? Where can people find the podcast there? So you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as Out on Her Fanny. Yeah, we are out as Out on Her Fanny. Yes. On Twitter and Instagram. Out and proud. Out and proud. Fanny's out and proud. Um, and our website, of course, is oofcast.com, O-O-H-F cast. Because we're not, we're not proud there because we thought Google might we, get mad at us. We don't want to get blacklisted as a porn site. I did try to get out on her fanny.xxx and it's very expensive, so it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, but if you like the podcast, do please consider uh, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, or any other podcasting platform that allows you to leave reviews. Feel free to tweet about us or to tell your friends and family. Little podcasts, little itty bitty baby podcasts like ours live and die by word of mouth and we would certainly appreciate yours. Uh, am I forgetting anything? Uh, no. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for listening to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I've been Ben. I've been Mandy. I've been Ryan. And yes, we, we do, do know, know it, it means, means vagina. vagina. Actually, I didn't until I learned it. From the show. Oh. oh, we're doing sex ed as well, apparently. Grand Geek Gathering